to be joking. You've got to be joking. Now, when the treasurer wishes oh, to go no. there or not, I would forbid him going. Forbid him going to the Senate. To, uh, to uh, account for this unrepresentative swell over there. Hello listeners, and welcome back to the Unrepresentative Swill podcast, and welcome back, Nick, to the dungeon. And this is the traditional OG podcast format, Rob. It was great to have Nick here last week, the other Nick. It was. We thank him for coming on, and we thank any new new listeners that we have. Yes, especially from Queensland. Welcome. Welcome, yeah. We're all part of this one great nation of Australia. Exactly. Just put aside our differences. And you'll get a new experience <laughs> nice nice Rob. yeah was that a unique unique experience uh experience listening to us and getting a perspective of what west australians think about you yeah and i'm sure that's something you really want to know exactly. what west australians think about you i think i think that's what the rest of the country really wants to know don't they well exactly it seems to be a growing narrative across um the rest of the country that we're like some stupid and arrogant uh state yeah and to be fair not that far off, really. I think we're definitely arrogant. That's for sure. I think the jury's still out on the stupid thing. Mm, I think a lot of West Australians... Obviously, I'm not stupid, but the rest of the WA is, of course. Yeah, yeah, it's true. <laughs> we have a podcast. How can we be stupid, man? Yeah. Someone's going to clip that up. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's just... To be fair, Rob, that's probably the... There's probably much worse things they could clip up if they listen to all the episodes of this podcast, so... Yeah, it's all right. But luckily for me, Nick, I have a great editor that edits out all my uh, uh, we'll see, bud. unflattering I don't know. moments. I don't know. Do you? Well, yeah, yeah hey, your editor's good, but how loyal is he? That's the thing. <laughs> if he needs to put me in the dirt, he can just release all the un- unedited clips. Yeah, I'll do like I'll do like the lost episodes. <laughs> and it'll just be all of Rob's string of just horrible comments about all kinds of minorities. Yeah, really terrible, of course. Rob. Don't know why you um, say those things. Hitler reincarnate. <laughs> That's me. Oh, what nonsense we have on the podcast here, Rob. What no- What fun do we have on this podcast? What What fun do we have in the dungeon? I, it's, been, <laughs> it's been too long. It has been awfully too long. But Rob, why don't we get to some, we get to some news, bud? Okay, I'm, I'm willing to listen to this. Because there was some spicy stuff happening last week and this week. Some things do happen over the course of a week. That tends to happen. Yeah, yeah, it does tend to happen. <laughs> One of the big ones is Barnaby Joyce getting COVID-19 in the US. Yeah, couldn't happen to a better guy as well. Uh, I, it's a tough, tough how do you judge these ones? It was like, reminds me of when Trump got, obviously on a much smaller scale, but when Trump got COVID, everyone was like, uh, I, I should feel bad for this person, but also like, wouldn't be that bad if uh, COVID did a number on <laughs> Well, isn't this weird, Rob, that when, um, you know, like right-wing political leaders get COVID, they seem to just be like fine? Yeah. Because like Trump got it and he was absolutely fine, even though by all measures, he's a fat old guy who probably has a terrible diet. We know he has a terrible diet. He should have been dead, right? He should have been dead, yes. But he got the top medical treatment in the country. I wonder if Barnaby Joyce is getting the same, I mean, offered the same treatment in the US. <laughs> Maybe Barnaby hasn't paid for his health care over there. I don't know. Yeah, maybe he probably doesn't believe in it, to be honest. Yeah, no. Why do you um, need it? But I think he has very mild symptoms. So yeah, he's it, right. Isn't it, I, the only one I can think of is Boris Johnson when he had COVID. It almost killed it. Yeah, was it? Yeah. I think Trump was really struggling at one point. I don't think he was, man. I, wasn't he fine? I heard at one point he was 
in like deep danger. Like he was on no, a... Um, no, he was always fine. Well, not deep danger, but uh, he was on a ventilator. Was he on... I don't know if he was on a ventilator. Okay. I don't know either. Let's really, not man. fact check that. Let's just yeah, leave let's it. Yeah, let's just... He may or may not have been on a ventilator. You know, that's, that's what makes good journalism. <laughs> just... Throwing out accusations. And boy, are we journalists, <laughs> really. Like, I know. I know you usually need a degree for that kind of thing, but I'm just going to put not out anymore. there. Yeah, no, not, not in this day and age, right? Everyone, every Tom, Dick, and Harry's a journalist, aren't they? Exactly. Get their exactly own story. Me. Yeah. Um. Anyway, we hope Barnaby gets better. Um, I'm sure he has a long long list of women to contact, Rob. A lot of, a lot of close contacts. I also wonder what number he's going to do on that minibar as well. Yeah. Barnaby... <laughs> Just looking at the bloke, he's clearly an alcoholic, right? Uh, yeah, I wouldn't say he's healthy. He's got a bit of a beer like, belly, hasn't he? And his like face is like red. Like, I know he's got that classic alcoholic red face. Uh, yeah, that's true. Actually, well, I wonder if this COVID affects your blood pressure because he's probably, you know, close to bursting. Really, in, yeah, in, in any other ordinary day. So maybe COVID actually helps him reduce his blood <laughs> pressure a bit. Maybe. Oh God, <laughs> revolutionary. <laughs> Um, there you go though. So all the best to Barnaby. Yeah. Obviously, yeah, should be said. Don't want a person to die, no matter how bad a person is, really. I, I just want him to be too sick to uh, so that he has to quit politics. That'd be nice. Yeah. That'd be great. Focus yeah. on being a full time father. And <laughs> yeah. Father to all his many children <laughs> across his many different relationships. Yeah. Um Booster Shots Rob, it's been announced, formally confirmed. I know he you mentioned this last week a little bit. It'll be five months after your second dose. Five months. Okay. So, you'll get it, what, the week before me in like May or something, right? Sometime. Sometime. Um, but uh, apparently, like I was a bit confused about, are we just going to keep getting booster shots like forever? But I think what I've heard is that the COVID vaccine, if they got redesigned it from the start, it would have been a three-dose vaccine anyway. Oh, I see. So a booster is slightly misleading. It's kind of like it. It almost makes more sense to me as just like the final dose. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Some sense. But you're also supposed to mix and match. I think. I. I'm not. Oh yeah. So I think I, because I got the AstraZeneca, you might get the Pfizer, or I might get the Pfizer, and, and I'll get the Astra. You might get Astra or something, or Moderna or something. I'll cop that. I'm ha- any uh, Johnson and Johnson. Jo- I don't think Johnson, Johnson, and Johnson. I don't think we have Johnson or Johnson. Damn. Devil. Yeah, bit of a shame. <laughs> um, there you go. Oh, what's though. the Chinese one? Is it just called like China Vax or some shit? Um, I don't remember. Yeah, we it, won't be getting that one, right? Yeah, I just remember the, <laughs> so the Sputnik vaccine, Sputnik the Russian vaccine. one. <laughs> some funny vaccines out there. I wonder yeah, if there's funny. some super obscure vaccines that just we haven't heard of, like Chile made their own vaccine or something. Uh, it would be nice if a country in Africa made their own. Yeah, right? I don't don't think it's gonna happen though, is it? Yeah. Probably don't have the resources to do that. Probably right? unlikely. Yeah. yeah. Tough. Um, also, Rob, Boris Johnson has been embroiled in a huge scandal over in the UK. Yeah, I saw. Uh, where video footage came out from his staffers last year talking about how they had a Christmas party. Business uh, meeting? Yeah, that they joked was a business meeting. But this was during some of the toughest restrictions that have been in the UK over the COVID period across Christmas where people say couldn't visit their their dying loved ones in hospital and stuff. Uh, and, you know, that, that did happen. Meanwhile, these people in Downing Street were having a Christmas party. And yeah. boy, is 
the media and the public really pissed off about this in the UK. As you would be, really, right? I, you know, we've got a small insight into how bad lockdowns have been here in Australia, but, well, over East especially. <laughs> but those those lockdowns that we saw in the UK during the height of their second or third wave were truly super harsh on so many people. So, And people don't forget uh, I know. that time. Well, so. I just, like, they were talking about something interesting where, like, if you say you your parent, loved one, did get sick with the virus and was in hospital and you chose to do the right thing and not visit them and then they passed away and you didn't get to speak to them beforehand and then this came out about what Boris Johnson and his government have done and his staffers. Yeah. If you're a long-time conservative voter, would this, this just must, would this even, would this change your vote, do you think? Like, this would infuriate you to the core but would it like, it obviously has nothing to do with political beliefs. It's more just about, you know, trust in government in a specific government. Yeah, and it's also about him as a person, right? I understand the whole point on political beliefs, but gee, it's it's really difficult. Bill Shorten proved this a couple of years ago that if you don't trust or don't like a person, that can sometimes sway your vote regardless of your political beliefs. It's true. Or the better policy in Bill Shorten's case. It's true. Well, suffice to say, Boris Johnson's approval rating is at an all-time low. Yeah, real free hit for... Uh, is it Kerr? Who? Who's the opposition? Keir Starmer? Keir Starmer. Yeah, yeah. It? Yeah, and he's cool. been... Oh, you better believe he's been milking this in Parliament as, as well. As you would be. Yeah. And the Boris Johnson government, they've been doing it really tough, you know, with their health secretary having to resign relatively recently because he broke the COVID rules. Yeah. Uh, allegations of bullying in cabinet, all that kind of stuff. So, he's not doing too well, old, old Boris. Yeah, it does strike me a bit like that. Also, just while we're on the topic, Nick, have you seen British Parliament? It's so crowded. Yeah, it's, it's so, so small bad. Ads, man. Well, I think they've been talking for a while about relocating. They have like, to, man. It's just ridiculous. Because they have 500 members in the lower house or something yeah. ridiculous like that. And we only have 150 in Australia. And ours is way bigger. And yeah. there's not enough seats in their parliament. So everyone's do the standing and stuff. Yeah, when it's, it's full. so funny. And it's so loud during question time. I know, yeah. It's just. And that truly proves how broken uh, what Westminster democracy is when you see the parliamentary rules just being completely broken beyond belief in those uh, UK question times. I know. Well, there were some really funny ones with the old speaker, like John Burkow or whatever. Order! Yeah, because he got, like, he just, I think, was a bit disillusioned with the, the Johnson government yeah. and just started to just be a dick to people from his own party, which is <laughs> pretty funny. It's good, though. Yeah, no. Good watch. Great watch. Made for some great YouTube content that got a lot of views. So, there you go. Order. Uh, other news, Rob. Australia is going to join the US in um, boycotting the Winter Olympics in Beijing um, yeah. next year. Uh, as long as that missing um, tennis star uh, remains missing in China. So, there you go. Uh, yeah. Uh, good old-fashioned Cold War uh, Olympics diplomacy, eh? <laughs> Yeah. Bring it back to the 80s. Refreshing. I yeah, know, it's right? Nice. Yeah. This is really, you know, I don't really care about what the geopolitical impacts of this is. This is great for me because I was really struggling with the idea of having to watch a, an Olympics in China. And this just makes it so much easier because if Australia's not in it, I don't really care. I Can I just go one step further, Rob? What I don't care about the Winter Olympics. Yeah, that's a great point. Who does? So. Yeah, great call. <laughs> if it was a Summer Olympics. Then oh, that'd be different. 
One thing I do want to say, you got to feel sorry for these athletes, right? That have to hang around every four years. For that's true. They're like one chance. Oh, uh, that's get true. By. Yeah, so they just not compete then. Yeah. Wow. That's true. Poor athletes. And for a lot of like Olympic sports, particularly in the Winter Olympics, I'd imagine, the Olympics is the height of that sport. Yeah. Right? Yeah. At least with some other sports, you know, for example, soccer in the, is in the Summer Olympics, like Clearly, the World Cup's more important, right? So, yeah. Feel sorry for them, but also fuck off China. All right. Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> Omicron is spreading in New South Wales and confirmed in Victoria now. So, I think it will probably will become the dominant strain eventually. Who knows? But yeah. probably. But, you know, there's more stuff coming out about how maybe it's not as deadly as Delta is becoming less severe. Still don't know yet, obviously, for sure. Yeah, who knows, really? We talked about it last week, but um, it d- yeah, it does seem to slowly becoming the dominant variant. But how deadly it is is probably uh, somewhat encouraging, anyways. Yeah, I don't um, know. Well, because there's only a handful of cases still in New South Wales and Victoria, but I imagine if it's more transmissible, it will become the dominant variant. Um, but yeah, I mean, we still need more information, really. But I, it's obviously not the huge disaster cataclysm everyone thought it was going to be. Yeah, I tend to agree. The stock market certainly thinks so as well, because it crashed very badly when Omicron broke. The news about Omicron broke, but it's since been steadily recovering. So there you go. Exactly, and Nick knows a fair amount about stocks, guys. Ah, uh, I do not. You should start a <laughs> stocks podcast with Jack Kane. No, absolutely not. <laughs> what What is this news about the there's one zero and then an expletive England? What does that mean, Rob? Uh just uh, Australia won the cricket. Nice. Fuck off, England. <laughs> Cricket diplomacy, nice. Yeah. Um, also, Max Verstappen won the F1 last night. There you go. That was controversial. World champion, controversial. A lot of sporting stuff happening. Yeah. Um, I think sport is somewhat important in some <laughs> context, right? What? <laughs> well, like, sport has clearly been used in Australia anyways as a political tool. Yeah, look well, at Scott Morrison. I know, right? I was just going to say, look at Scott Morrison. Um. So, you know, that, can it be uh, relevant to our podcast, us talking about sport ever? Um, probably not. Maybe when they visit the house, the Kirribilli house for the Sydney test. That's about it. <laughs> Is that, do they actually do that? Yeah, the Australian cricket team has to visit, like, ScoMo's house. Oh, that's funny. They did it last year and you can see so many of them are so uncomfortable. Oh, God. Especially, they did it, the year for the bushfires was the best. Uh, wait, and ScoMo has to, like, host them? Yeah. Oh, God. Imagine being hosted by ScoMo. Well, my theory is a lot of professional cricketers will probably be Liberal Party voters. Yeah, probably. For some reason, from my experience anyways, playing sport, like just men that play sport because they're hyper macho and blokey tend to vote for the Liberal Party because they don't want any of this cuck snowflake stuff. Like Cricket's also a very private school sport. so Yeah, true. Yeah, there's links there as well. That's a great point. Yeah. Um, I just wonder, Rob, if when they come over to Kirribilli House, if ScoMo cooks his own curry, truly. Oh, of course. Because we haven't talked about curry gate on this podcast, I think. But, <laughs> uh, ScoMo always loves to post on his social media about his curries. And there's a growing conspiracy that he doesn't cook them. Yeah, I've heard this. Also, have you seen the, the comments on those posts? What are they? They're so weird. They're like people living in an alternate universe. It's like... Great job, PM. Wow, looks really yummy. You know, he's cooking a curry just as good as he's running the country. It's probably his wife on dummy accounts. 
been like, <laughs> oh, Scotty needs a perk up. He does strike me as the type of guy that would delete all comments that aren't positive. Yeah, <laughs> probably. <laughs> he probably has a team of 20 staffers doing that because yeah. they're not doing much else, let's be honest. They're not running the country, I'm sure. <laughs> um, anyway, Rob, let's just ground ourselves in this more election stuff because that's what it'll be. That's what all the news will be leading up into next year, right? And across the holiday period as well. Just a few things to follow up on. Just a growing sense of uh, Scotty not really being able to get his message right, I think, or find a strong message. Yep. And uh, just a bit of a bit of disunity and chaos in the Liberal Party and the coalition. Um, a lot of independents coming out uh, and running in marginal seats. A lot of challenges uh, to all these incumbent Liberals. Yep. Um, I think the the big thing I'm noticing. And it's always been the thorn in the Liberal Party side since, since basically Malcolm Turnbull axed Abbott was the you know the crazies in the in the party, and how that really destabilizes their party message. Um, you know you've got many examples within not just the Liberal Party but also the uh, wider coalition, uh, headed up by George Christensen who went on Infowars, the Alex Jones podcast this week. Yeah, um, that was. A- Terrible. A podcast which, you know, blatantly spreads mistruths about COVID and except, you know, other... Yeah. It's a conspiracy theory podcast. And, yeah. And an a, a Australian MP who sits in parliament, we pay to be our elected representative, appeared on Infowars and was saying things to Alex Jones like, Australia is a police state yeah. and it's like George Orwell level. Of course. Um, and comes. do you know what? The, the coalition did, Rob. Um, they condemned the comments. That's good. He's retiring at the end, end of the Lucky next election, Lucky for them, right? he's retiring in 2022. Yeah. Obviously, they can't do anything, though. And Barnaby Jones has talked about this before because George Christensen is an absolute moron. They can't do anything when they're on a razor-thin margin. Exactly. <laughs> so, it's age-old problem, isn't it? It truly really is the age-old problem. They've, as, as I said, they've had this since 2016. Uh They've only had, you know, one to five seat majorities that whole time. So you can't get rid of this crazy section because it accounts for, you know, maybe 10 members of parliament. But those 10 seats are so important. So taste, I guess. Yeah. Luck. I mean, it'll be great to see George Christensen go. He he is one of the most awful politicians there is. He's so slimy. He reminds me of a slug. He, you know, he just like charges the taxpayers flights to Manila all the time. He just like really likes the Philippines. There's all this weird shit he does there. It's just Doesn't so surprise me. It's so weird, man. I just God, I can't imagine the p- kind of people who actually vote for that bloke. What seat is he? Is he a? He's I in lower he's a, house. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's in lower house. I think he's a Queenslander. Of course. I'm not sure. I don't fact check me on that. You know what? Fuck Queensland. <laughs> no, no, all our new listeners. No, we we thank you for listening. Um, <laughs> also, Rob. Last week, one of Scotty's big pushes was to try and encourage Gladys to run for Warringah, uh, yep. Tony Abbott's old seat that's now held by Zali Stegel. Uh, and after a few days of campaigning, uh, Gladys has f- uh, come out formally and said she will not be running for Warringah. She wants to focus on her private life, I think. Yeah. You know, Gladys is going to take this year to date herself, um, get things right. Maybe she'll fix things up with um that guy. Daryl. Daryl, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Again, 
Bertrand Advocate just does this perfectly with the um hot mess Gladys uh meme that they've got going for the past year and a half. Pretty oh, much. is that? Do you think that's vaguely sexist? Uh could be. I don't know. I don't want to endorse it. Okay. <laughs> I just think it's really funny. <laughs> Anyways, I think ScoMo often does this like around the times that the Labor Party announces policy or whenever the Liberal Party is going through a scandal is he tries to, you know, ring up something else to draw the attention away from the media. But this absolutely made him look so stupid. Yeah, this is true. Because he was just like, oh, yeah, she'd do a great job. And then it just came out. I was just like people close to Gladys are saying like, Gladys doesn't really like Scott Morrison at all. <laughs> she was like, he owes her, uh, she owes him nothing. So, like, why would she do that? Yeah, strange. Very strange. <laughs> so, the Libs will have to find someone else to one run for Warringah. Yeah, I wonder who they'll get. Another boring white guy, probably. Probably. That's another huge problem, right? Is they need women running in all these seats, but... They're not going to pre- be pre-selection, right? Well, yeah, uh, yeah I, d- I don't know. I, I well, don't know how the particulars of each state work, but... Yeah, I, I can't see a vast majority of them being women. Yeah, for sure. Which is how how it should be in that party at the moment, anyways. Yeah. Also, closer to home, Rob, I saw a big article the other day about Pierce, Christian Porter's seat. Yeah, you were telling me about this. he'll be vacating, yeah. Um, And the Liberals are hoping to put up a woman there as well. But uh, uh, Labour have a female candidate as well. Um, And there's an independent running as well, I believe. Yeah. So, it'll be an interesting race up there to see what happens because it may well flip Labour. Who knows? I'd be shocked by that personally. He's got like a seven to fifteen percent majority in I that seat. I think it's a seven percent majority, okay. but it has reading with redrawn though. Um, yeah, has uh, been redrawn, and also that you know, uh, he's like Voldemort, that man. So I we know. won't say his name, but he's been pretty unpopular the last couple. He of years. He has Rob, and this article pointed out as well. Martin McGowan's popularity is a big question mark. How will that affect federal politics? Uh, you know, people have said. Labor has not done well in WA federally in a long time, really, since yeah. Kevin 07 days. So maybe Mark McGowan has, has rebranded Labor uh, in the eyes of Western Australians. Who knows? It will be very interesting. I think I'd be shocked if we don't see a swing towards Labor across the whole state. Uh, it's just a matter of those uh, crucial fine seats. Um, it's true. I think, you know, like South Perth and uh, North. The northern suburbs would be pretty important. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Those marginal seats, Rob. Exactly. Um, a lot more marginal seats to play for across the country, though. So, oh boy, will it be an exciting federal election. Speaking of uh, marginal seats, Nick, uh, Joe Dyer, the friend of uh, Christian Porter's accuser, uh, say, states she'll run for the seat of Boothby, um, which is currently a very, very uh, razor-thin uh, liberal seat held by Nicole Flint. Uh, of friendly Geordie's fame. Um, and she's retiring next year. And she's obviously retiring, yeah. So there's going to be a new person in that seat again. And I'd imagine the Liberals will definitely want that to be a woman. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, man, it's going to be interesting finding all these candidates for pre-selection next year. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and it'll be a battle of marginal seats, as it always is, Rob. As it always is. Exciting stuff. But, Rob, I want to leave it there for a little bit. Obviously, we have plenty of time to cover the election as the weeks roll on. Uh, Want to check in with the Ukraine situation. Yeah, heating up big time, hey? Yeah, so we neglected to mention it last week, but we've known for a few weeks now that 
Western intelligence is suggesting Russia is moving troops around the border to Ukraine and building up a military force outside those borders. Uh, and people in the West pretty scared. Ukraine as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I can't see why they do this. Like, I know the, the reason behind it is obviously um, Putin's decline popularity, right? Well, uh, yeah, I think Putin for a long time has been interested in Ukraine, right? Like, ever since it seceded from the USSR in 1991, uh, there's been a lot of tension between those borders, right? A lot of people on either side wanting to be in either country and many Russians believing it should be part of Russia, right? Yeah, absolutely. And also, I think the Ukraine's increasing... um uh, friendliness with the West, I'd say, has really irked Russia as um, a key reason why they've um, kind of crowded this Ukraine border slowly is they believe that the West is really encroaching on their kind of part of Europe almost, their strategic interests within Europe. Um, and that directly contradicts the promises made to the USSR when it collapsed in 1991. Uh, you know, especially with NATO alliances with former USSR um, Union states, uh, so you can you can see why Russia would be annoyed about this, uh, especially. Yeah, and you're just like a body of literature there, Rob, about how the the West has basically done this to themselves and forced Russia into a corner. I don't know necessarily how much I agree with that because, like. All these states like you know, the Latvia, Lat- Latvia's Poland, that kind of stuff, who have joined NATO, Eastern European states, they all did so by like consent. And if they want to, like, I don't know. I, I don't really... Russia... What is Russia's sphere of influence anymore? Like, why should it be outside of their national borders? I don't really get it. I don't get that argument. Yeah. Um, this is true, but, um, you know, there's a theory in international relations, Nick, called tr- constructivism. And Russia has long held an opinion that they should uh, take active interest in Eastern Europe because, frankly, the borders that Russia have aren't exactly great for defending itself. You know, it's big flat plains which are really easy to march through. So if you have these buffer states, as as they were known during the Cold War, it allows them to shore up their strategic interests a bit more, bit better, right? Yeah, there's also economic interests in Ukraine as well. Oh, yeah, absolutely, with Ukraine. Yeah, huge oil and uh, grain production region as well. Yeah. Um, And, yeah, the other side of this, Rob, is that it's really popular historically when Putin invades parts of of the former USSR and incorporates them back into Russia. Um, And famously, most recently in 2014, when he invaded Crimea. Yeah, Part of Ukraine, formerly part of Ukraine. Um, under the cover of night uh, and just took it, <laughs> incorporated into Russia. And that boosted his popularity a lot, right? Uh, yeah. And at a time when his pop- popularity is actually really low because of things like Russia's terrible response to COVID, things like wealth inequality, all that kind of stuff, I think he feels like he needs a boost again. But is this going to keep working? Can he just keep invading countries? Well, the the West has threatened serious economic sanctions and potentially more than that if Russia proceeds into or goes into the Ukraine. So this is probably the end of the line for them, right? They can't they can't invade Ukraine. That would be so disastrous for them uh internationally speaking. 
Yeah, and and it won't be like Crimea. It was Crimea was just kind of a snatch and grab. This is a bit a, a much larger scale. And you know, Ukraine has a standing army. It's a full country. It has a military. So there'll be a lot of bloodshed. There's already conflict in eastern Ukraine between Russian separatists that has been going on for a few years and fueled by the Kremlin. But this will be on a completely different scale. Um, so it will definitely draw widespread condemnation, huge economic sanctions for Russia as well. The EU has basically said, and the G7, everything's on the table in terms of sanctions. They're gonna Germany might cut its oil pipeline with Russia, which has been a re- which is a really big deal. So I don't know. I, it really look does look like they're preparing to invade. I think people are saying maybe they'll be ready early next year. But who knows if Putin has actually decided yet or if he's just trying to test the waters or do some other kind of diplomacy, sneaky stuff. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see. And obviously, we don't want this to happen because uh, the uh, economics and geopolitical uh, ge- uh, implications of this are massive. You know, a massive uh, invasion of a you know, fully sovereign nation will undoubtedly cause a really big response from the West. Yeah, I mean it'll be really bad. And Rob, what if, what if Taiwan, what if, what if China and Russia, imagine this, sign some kind of secret agreement where the day that Russia invades Ukraine, China invades Taiwan. Uh yeah, that would you truly be proposed this to me earlier. That I would don't truly see be it terrible. Yeah, that's World War Three right there. God, all right. All Maybe right. we leave it there, Rob. If you want to find out if World War Three does happen, don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Unrepresentative Swill and on Twitter at Swill Podcast. Hopefully it doesn't. <laughs> yeah, hopefully it doesn't. Yeah, but if it does, keep up to date with the podcast. Of course. We'll keep you updated on all World War Three type uh, antics. <laughs> <laughs>